0: stay connected. News and analysis. KFBK Weekend Live. News Radio KFBK.
1: Here we are on another Saturday evening. It's 5.06. Thanks for joining us live here on Weekend Live. My name is Sam Shane. Glad to have you here with us. First day of September and it got smoky again today. I don't know what that was all about. I mean it seemed like it was clearing up out there for the last few days and then all of a sudden another batch came whipping through the valley. Hopefully we'll see a little bit of a reprieve from that coming up. Uh, this is Weekend Live. We do this every Saturday evening here at KFBK. It's a live program from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. And we take a look back at some of the big week, the week's big stories. Uh, we look at what's happening today and uh, what we can expect in the upcoming week and maybe give you a little bit of a perspective. Maybe you hear a few audio clips that you did not hear, did not consider in some of the other reporting that's taking place out there with your local stations or your networks or your newspapers, what have you, Uh, among the topics, and we have a lot to get to. I mean, what, another busy week. Uh, You know, it it just, we are not at a loss for news and topics on news radio anymore, Uh, particularly not with this president and the shape of this country. Uh, But what we're going to be covering here over the next couple of hours, the Trump bashing on this Saturday was uh, noticeable at two funerals, the John McCain funeral and the Aretha Franklin funeral. Some serious bashing of the president during these uh, sacred events. Uh, Gavin Newsom made headlines this week calling for universal health care for everyone in California, even undocumented illegal immigrants who live here. Everyone. We're going to talk about that. And one of the leading strategists who says this is close to madness. How far left can California go? We'll get into that. Uh, new developments in the proposal at the Capitol to tax your drinking water. Maybe that was not so popular after all. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know who thought that had a chance, but uh, we'll tell you what happened to that one. And Also, uh, a top California Democratic Party leader this past week called for Californians to boycott in and out Burger. Guess how that went. Talk about something backfiring. You really need to think this strategy through before you go public with it. You're going to ask people not to go to In-N-Out Burger. You know, there's something really appealing about a cheap, really good, delicious burger. <laughs> and Californians seem to be just fine with them. Uh, so we're going to get to those stories and more coming up in the next uh, couple of hours. And uh, we welcome you to join us here at KFBK on the discussion. The phone line, by the way, is 916-921-1530. if you want to join in. Uh, By the way, if you like a segment or you have to step away from the radio for a while and want to come back and hear the rest of the show, you can go to kfbk.com. After the show is over, we post this entire two hours on the podcast. So you just have to click on the podcast tab on the top of the homepage and you can listen in. Okay, let's start a little bit with what took place today at John McCain's funeral There was some bashing going on of the President of the United States. Now, I'm just going to tell you some of the dignitaries who were there in the front row. uh, Among those in the front row, Barack and Michelle Obama, George and Laura Bush, Bill and Hillary Clinton, Dick Cheney, Al Gore. Not there? Donald Trump. He was not on hand for the ceremony. The McCain family made it very clear that he was not invited. Of course, those two notoriously butted heads. They did not get along. And Megan. McCain, the daughter of John McCain, spoke at her father's funeral and gave a eulogy. as did Barack Obama. And both Megan McCain and President Obama took apparent swipes at President Trump during their eulogies of John McCain. So first, we're going to hear from Megan McCain, and then I'll tell you a little bit about what Obama said. Megan McCain's first swipe is this. She apparently is referring here to Donald Trump's wealth.
2: We gather here to mourn the passing of American greatness, the real thing, not cheap rhetoric from men who will never come near the sacrifice he gave so willingly, nor the opportunistic appropriation of those who live lives of comfort and privilege while he suffered and served.
1: He did suffer. He did serve. He was a great American. He was a war hero, a POW in Vietnam, and he served more than 30 years in Washington, D.C. as one of the country's biggest leaders out in front, especially on defense. There's no question about John McCain and his legacy as a hero. There's also no question that John John McCain was every bit the street fighter that Donald Trump is today. And he met his match when Donald Trump came on the scene. There's no question about that either. And not all these moments with John McCain were kumbaya moments. They were not. He was not afraid to, to battle it out. And he wasn't afraid of a fight. And when Donald Trump came on the scene and he didn't like his policies, neither of those two gentlemen backed down. Their pride would not let them. That's not what they did. I mean, John McCain's family didn't even invite Sarah Palin to the funeral. Okay? So, I mean, we have to keep this in perspective here. That's not to suggest he wasn't a war hero and not a great American. But that's there's, there's also this, this side... To McCain and his family. So that was her first swipe. Her second swipe uh, was much more noticeable. Much more obvious. Meghan McCain, not so subtly, going right after Trump. And Donald Trump's line of make America great again.
2: America does not boast because she has no need to. The America of John McCain has no need to be made great again because America was always great.
1: And that got an applause from the folks in the, in the crowd at the church. They, I mean, they're just obsessed with this guy. They're, they're just absolutely obsessed with everything that he does to the point where they, there can't be a funeral. And it's not just this funeral, by the way. It was at Aretha Franklin's funeral. I have a soundbite we're going to play on the other side of break. From Aretha Franklin's funeral, that is unbelievable. I mean if if you think that these swipes were were obvious the, the one that you're going to hear on the other side of the break is far more. Uh President Barack Obama during his eulogy and this is a direct quote. He was referring to John McCain and also the current president Donald Trump. And they and Obama talked about the discussions that he had had with McCain in the Oval Office on a variety of issues. And in the latter stages of McCain's life and in his career, he clearly was aligning much further to the left than he had when he was younger, especially on issues like immigration. This is a quote from the Obama eulogy. Quote, So much of our politics, our public life, our public discourse can seem small and mean and petty, tracking in bombast and insult and phony controversies and manufactured outrage. Then Obama went on to say, quote, It's a politics that pretends to be brave and tough, but in fact is born in fear. So there was the bashing that took place at the John McCain funeral. And then we're going to switch on the other side of the break to the Aretha Franklin funeral. And they couldn't let Trump go there either. Because the obsession with this guy is just unrelenting. I've never seen anything like it in my life. So let's, uh, let's touch upon that. Also, we're going to get to Gavin Newsom and what he said this past week about universal health care for everybody in California, no matter if you're here legally or illegally. How in the world could he pay for this? Because wait till you hear what the price tag could be and why this could lead to a refugee crisis in California. I'm Sam Shane. This is Weekend Live. The phone number here is 916-921-1530-1-800-834-1530. We're back in a moment.
0: Stay connected. News and analysis. KFBK Weekend Live. News Radio KFBK.
1: That's Ariana Grande. Today. At the funeral for Aretha Franklin. And she nailed it, I'm told. Uh, that was the scene of more Trump bashing. We're going to get to that in a moment. Uh, but before we do that, I want to get to the phone because Joshua from Sacramento calls in on a Saturday evening at 518 here on Weekend Live. Hi, Joshua. How are you? I'm
3: doing okay. I apologize. I can't remember. I <laughs>
1: can Well, Joshua, hang on now one second. Your uh, cell phone is breaking up a little bit. Can you see if you can get in a better spot? Give it one more shot.
3: Okay, well, let me just turn my air conditioner down. Maybe that'll help.
1: There you go. I hear you a lot better. Go ahead.
3: (laughs) Sorry, bud. You know what? Everybody's life is important, and I hope the best for him and his family. Most of of those that know them personally are the ones that are going to be, you know, mostly affected by it.
1: You're talking about John McCain.
3: I'm talking about John McCain, okay, Mister Mister McCain. I, I hope the best for him. Mm-hmm. I mean, hope the best for his family. That's the, you know those things. But we're talking about pol- political uh, values, mm-hmm. the political things that were being stated. And I apologize, Raymond. I can't think of what I had told through your screener. What I was what I was thinking about, um, about bringing up.
1: Well, the note that I the note that I see in my screen is that you mentioned something about Obamacare. And 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 it was your opinion that McCain went against Obamacare. Is that right?
3: Well, okay, well what I well, yeah, well, what I was saying is that for five years he 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 stated, "Hey, I'm going against it. We're going to vote against it. Yeah. We're going to go vote." But when it came up, five years, it came up where he could do what he stated. Right for five years. Right, and he said no.
1: Yes, he did, and, and that was that was a decision that we all saw uh, when he was walking by the cameras. On the Senate floor and put his thumb down to uh, essentially uh, pull back, rein in, however you want to phrase that, Obamacare under the Trump administration proposal. And there were many right. conservative Republicans and conservatives overall who were very, very disappointed in John McCain for that vote. And as I indicated just a little bit ago, Joshua, this is a guy, John McCain, who in the latter stages of his life and the latter stages of his career uh, went much farther, further to the left than he had ever been he became much more liberal in his voting and his thinking in the in the later years of his life
3: no no and i absolutely agree so my my thing is is that it's a very so that the problem is is i i really think that the the media is really publicizing his 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 things to to do things and it's like you know you, you know what? Let the family agree. Let right. the family do the things that they well, to do.
1: Well, and we have a tendency. But
3: if you're going to be trying to publicize it, right? And you're going to be trying to put the things on there. Let's just be very clear. Right?
1: Yeah, Joshua. And, no, you make a you make a great point here. We have a tendency when people pass away, especially when they're very well known people, to sort of when we eulogize them, we hold them in the highest esteem, and we forget that you know, look, John McCain fought some tough battles. And he could be really nasty, and he was known for that. He was a tough fighter, and he stood up for what he believed in, and he was a great American hero. But as I indicated, you know, a few minutes ago, d- don't be don't be mistaken that for some reason every moment in his life was a kumbaya moment, because it was not.
3: Yeah, uh, was just, uh, my, my really hopeful thing is that you know what uh, the things the last few years or the last couple of things they're going in the house and, the, and his votes. Mm-hmm. were are not necessarily uh a should be uh, tied to his death and 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 the problem is I really think that there's you know uh as a conservative yes i would like to just beat him down but the problem is is that you know what let the family read right let the right the
1: well, and that's, and that, you know, and that's my whole point here. And we're going to play a clip now from the Aretha Franklin funeral because, and Joshua, thanks a lot for the phone call. I do appreciate it. It, it seems like, you know, I, I was listening to these soundbites today and thinking to myself, is nothing sacred? I mean, we're talking about funerals here. I mean, do, does politics have to creep into everything? I mean, we, it's, on, it's on ESPN. I hope to get to this clip later today. I mean, the, the, the ESPN has been swallowed up and consumed by politics. Nobody wants to watch ESPN for politics. I want to see highlights. I want to see sound bites preferably from smart athletes and smart coaches as opposed to the others. You know do I, I when I go to an NFL game, I'm, I want to see a good game. When I turn on late night television, I mean I remember you watched Johnny Carson and Dick Cavett back in the day and it would be about entertainment or something that was you know interesting or intellectual without it being political. But here we are again. I mean, two of the biggest funerals that we've seen in a long time in this country on the same day. And, 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 all, and, and Trump bashing enters into it. So with that, let's get into the funeral for Aretha Franklin. Where the Trump bashing took place. This you're about to hear is from Michael Eric Dyson. And this guy, this dude, he's a Democrat. He unleashed. I mean, this isn't tampered down. This isn't subtle. This is not Barack Obama you don't have to read through the tea leaves here he went on a tirade against Trump at Aretha Franklin's funeral calling him names and whipping up the crowd in a frenzy
3: this orange apparition had the nerve to say she
4: worked for him you lugubrious leech you dopey doppelganger of deceit and deviance you lethal liar you dim witted dictator you foolish fascist
1: did he spend all week coming up with those is that what you do do you write them down like uh, when you're driving in the car oh that's a good one let me add that one to the list this orange aberration and that was the beginning my friends, that was the beginning. So who is Michael Eric Dyson, you ask? Because I asked that. Not exactly a household name. Turns out he's obviously a Democrat and he is a professor of sociology at Georgetown University. So if you know anybody who's at Georgetown University taking a sociology class, what kind of rhetoric and spin do you suppose they're subdued to? They're subjected to, I should say, rather. Really, at a funeral, I've never been to a funeral like that, but apparently there are people who like that kind of stuff at a funeral. The divisiveness. Uh, okay, we're gonna get to Gavin Newsom in just one second, but this crossed my desk and you know, we spent a lot of time on this in the, the previous two weeks. and so I saw this and I thought, well, we got to update it. That uh, tax on your drinking water, it has died. At the California legislature. How about that? An effort to impose a voluntary water tax on residents to pay for safe drinking water. I thought our drinking water was safe, by the way. But then I learned that they have to raise a whole bunch of money to make it safe. And I thought, well, this is very disturbing to me because we've been paying them like a whole bunch of money. We're one of the highest tax states in the country, I believe. And that's not enough to make our drinking water safe in all of our communities? Apparently not. So that legislation died on Friday in the legislature. State lawmakers, it turns out, as we've been saying on this show, are hesitant to support any new tax increase after, remember this, Republicans successfully recalled Senator Josh Newman in June, linking the Fullerton Democrat to that $52 billion gas tax to fund road repairs from 2017. Which, by the way, Lieutenant Governor Gavin Newsom said this week, That tax is a good idea. We're going to get into a segment next with Gavin Newsom. And I'll repeat this line again. If he wins in November and becomes the next governor, you better hold on to your wallet. Because this guy is coming after you and your checkbook and your wallet and your bank account in a way that we maybe have never seen in the history of California. Based on this proposal that he has on universal health care, more on that in just a moment. Let's finish this out. The drinking water. So here's why they say they needed to raise the tax. Initially, they tried to. They tried to. By the way, this was going to be a voluntary tax, quote unquote voluntary. But the way that you would not pay the tax is you would actually have to check a box to opt out of paying the tax. So you're volunteering not to pay. <laughs> That seems a little backwards. Well, they tried to do a mandatory deal back in uh, like around June, and that one got pushed aside quickly. And then they tried this quote-unquote voluntary tax. That one died. Apparently, maybe the phones were ringing off the hook over at the Capitol or the emails were flying in. Who knows? The state has reported that more than a million residents face potential exposure to unsafe water, largely in low-income communities. Does this sound a little bit like uh, Michigan, maybe? Remember that whole debacle? They say they don't have the funding to fix the problem in the state of California. We have potentially a million people who aren't getting safe drinking water, and they say they don't have the money. That's just phenomenal to me. But the bottom line, folks, is don't worry about any tax on your drinking water because that has gone away. Okay. On the other side, more on Gavin Newsom. He is ready to get universal health care going in the state of California for everyone. He said so in a podcast this past week. We have a reaction coming in from a top strategist who said this is bordering on madness, that this is absolutely nuts, and why it could lead to a crisis in California, a refugee crisis. And we're going, to add all, we're, going to, we're going to peel back the layers of the onion and, and lay it all out for you. And you can see what this means because he's out there now and he's making this one of his biggest proposals of his campaign. Universal health care for everyone and why it could be a fiscal disaster. The phone number here is 916-921-1530. 1-800-834-1530. We'll hear from Gavin Newsom and we'll, we'll roll us all out and you can call in and tell us what you think of this idea. On the other side, I'm Sam Shane. This is Weekend Live on KFBK.
0: KFBK Weekend Live. News and analysis. On News Radio, KFBK.
1: Everybody gets health care. You get health care. You get health care. It's like an Oprah show. You get a doctor. You get a doctor. All for free. Phone number here is 916-921-1530, 1-800-834-1530. My name is Sam Shane. This program is Weekend Live. We're here on KFBK every Saturday evening from 5 to 7 o'clock. You can also check out the podcast if you missed a portion of this by going to the KFBK website, kfbk.com, and click on the podcast tab. Okay, let's get to Gavin Newsom. He took on a policy, not just bashing Donald Trump, although he did do that. And he has been doing it. It's been his campaign strategy so far. He's been trying to run against Donald Trump. Not John Cox, Donald Trump. But now he stepped out in front of an issue in California this past week. Universal health care. Newsom appeared on the Pod Save America podcast. And he made it clear that he wants a single-payer system that is for everyone in the state of California, regardless of their immigration status. So that is our next audio clip. Here's Gavin Newsom calling for universal health care for everyone, including illegal or undocumented immigrants.
0: I did universal health care when I was mayor, fully implemented, regardless of pre-existing condition, bill pay, and regardless of your immigration status. San Francisco is the only universal health care plan for all undocumented residents in America. I'm very proud of that. And we proved it can be done without bankrupting the city. Uh, I'd like to see that we can extend that to the rest of the state.
1: The rest of the state, all of California. Every place, everywhere in California, doesn't matter. Not one city, not one county, the whole state. Doesn't matter if you're here legally, if you're here illegally. It's, quote, free health care, which, by the way, is paid for by the taxpayers of California. So Newsom was asked specifically about the financing. How are we going to pay for it? Oh, there it is. There it is. He said that other developed countries spent less overall on health care, and he quote, it's the transition that's the challenge. It's going from something old to something new. Yeah. It's the transition that's the challenge, Mr. Newsom. We got that. How are you going to pay for it? We understand the transition will be difficult financially. Here's how difficult it will be. Last year, there was an estimate of the cost of implementing single-payer, that's the program he's talking about, in California, the state of California, and that study concluded it would cost, get this, $400 billion a year. Okay, that's with a B. Now, if you don't know how much money that is, just consider this. That is more than double the state's current annual budget for everything. Okay? He's talking about putting a plan in that would cost double what we have in the state budget right now For the schools, for the CHP, for the Caltrans, for the roads, for the prisons, the whole nine. And he wants to build a program that's double that budget just for universal health care. So beyond the cost, there is another element to this that I want to get to in a second that could be devastating, which could cause a crisis in California. And I'll get to that in a second. But before we do, let's get to Mitchell. He's calling in from El Dorado on this Saturday evening. Hi, Mitchell. How are you?
4: Sam, how are you doing tonight, buddy? I'm
1: doing well. What are your thoughts?
4: Oh, man. I'm thinking that Cox is a no-show, so we don't see anybody fighting in that corner. Um, and that's the truth. I can't find him anywhere. I okay. can't even see a on sign. Mitchell, a
1: Mitchell I, I couldn't agree with you more. I said on this program about a month ago, where is John Cox? And you know what? The, the this is I said that on a Friday. I was filling in for somebody on a Friday. Do you want to know the following Monday he made an appearance on Fox News talking about the very topic that I said he needed to be talking about. Exactly. And he, so he makes, he makes the one appearance. Now, I, how, how come they didn't roll him out this week? The, the minute that Gavin Newsom utters these words on this podcast, where is John Fox coming out and saying, uh, Folks, we got a problem.
4: Well, y- you know, that's why I'm thinking he's a wussy. Um, look, um, I'm not as scared of this guy. I don't know why um, everybody's scared of the militant California. Uh, I haven't seen a town hall. I haven't seen anything from Cox. But more to address what you're talking about. Insanely crazy. That right there should wake up most Californians to vote that guy down.
1: Look, I don't know, Mitchell, if you were listening, but I said this at the top of the show. If, If Gavin Newsom wins the governorship in the state of California... You, you better watch your wallet, you better watch your checkbook and your bank account because he's coming for all of it. This guy... Well,
4: he might be for everybody else, Sam, but I've got a plan B. It's called Gardnerville, Caliv- or Gardnerville, Nevada on the other side <laughs> of Tahoe well, because you can rent a house there for $800 a month, four-bedroom, deep yeah, bath, yeah, yeah. and all uh, oh, the PG&E bills... At the most, in the heat of the summer, right. is $65. Bucks.
1: Gavin Newsom came out this week, and he said he thought that the uh, $0.12 cent a gallon gas tax that was just thrown down our throats is a really good idea, which, by the way, you'll be able to repeal in November if you want to do that. It'll be on the ballot. He thinks that's Correct. a good idea to fix the roads. In a state where we are already taxed almost more than anybody in the country, we're already paying enormous sales tax at the gas pump. Number two, he comes out, and he's, he, he is saying he is for a proposal. That would add four hundred billion dollars to the budget in California, double what the budget is right now, it would add that. So now you're looking at a six hundred billion dollar budget in California. Where where is this money coming from?
4: Well, it's 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 not going to come from the California government. It's going to come from the California people if they're dumb enough to elect him. One other thing, Sam, and um because I'm not a low information voter, I want you to know I'm politically Mm marked now i didn't get that from trump i grew up that way having a parents that one was a democrat one was a republican i sat right in the middle of all of that being the youngest of six kids and listen to it mm-hmm. i'm a native californian i'm from alameda county where two tops are okay again well I just want you i just yeah, want you to know yeah. that that listen, I mean this, Sam, because I know you're smart, and that's why I called. Oh, I actually <laughs> talked to you a month ago on that Friday, and, and and I told you what I thought then. Yeah. So I have talked to you, but what, to finish out what I was, I was trying to get across is is and no show, and if people are silly enough to vote their paychecks away,
1: I like yeah, this, I, I know, I knew when you, when you hear this when you hear this. Uh, I, I look, I know that I know that we are in a blue state. That's very very clear to me. I'm just wondering how blue it is, and I'm wondering how well, left and how much of the fringe Californians are willing to go. I mean th- we are talking about this is a socialist program that has en- right. it has enormous costs, and is is that really okay with the California voter? I mean, have they moved that far left?
4: Well, if they're going to move that far left, then they better take something from Venezuela because that people are not only going to go hungry like California people will, and the welfare rolls are just going to triple and triple and triple. Every voting cycle that's under Democratic control, and remember, remember, Sam, we were the third largest economy in the world, and under Democrats we are now six. We were the third in the country for teaching our kids. We are now 45 right. under Democrats. Right. So, listen, if nobody is out there listening to what this little old man from El Dorado Hills is going to say, then for at least keep your paychecks, vote for anybody other than Newsom. And, and it's not that I'm trying to be um, center or anything. I'm red. I've been red my whole family's red yeah. most of the state of California is red except for the big cities and the suburbs well, of Well but that's cities. the
1: biggest but, but Mitchell that's the biggest voting block out there and they dominate they dominate the election cycle there's no question Hey Mitchell listen I, I I'm up against a break but I really appreciate the call thanks for calling in uh, uh, on this uh, Saturday evening uh, if you want to join in, by the way, the phone number here 921 800 1-800-834-1530. So there's another element to what to what happened with Gavin Newsom this week. And it has something to do other than it's completely fiscally irresponsible. I mean, it's just so out there from a monetary standpoint that it makes zero sense. Beyond that, beyond the fact that it would lead to California being flat broke, It could also cause a health care refugee crisis in the state of California. I'm going to explain how that could unfold if this policy actually became law. Universal health care for everyone, legal or illegal, on the other side of the break. My name is Sam Shane. Time now 544. This is KFBK Weekend Live. We're back in a moment.
0: KFBK Weekend Live. News and analysis. On news radio, KFBK.
5: come here no more
1: this might have been one of those oh probably shouldn't have said that moments for california democratic party chairman eric bauman this week he called for a boycott of in n out burger <laughs> the irvine-based fast food chain this week donated twenty-five thousand dollars to help republicans in november so they gave a campaign donation to the, to the Republicans, and the the Democratic Party Chairman of California, Eric Bauman, said, "Don't go there. Don't eat there. If you're, uh, you might be in line right now at an In-N-Out Burger listening to this this program. I wonder how that boycott's going. Suppose they're having any problems selling burgers there. I mean, people fly here. They fly to California to have an In-N-Out Burger. I'm not making that up." Well, it turns out that maybe they don't just give to Republicans. Mr. Bauman maybe didn't do all of his homework. So they gave $25,000 this week to Republicans, 30000 to the GOP in 2017, 30000 in 2016. You say, oh, well, maybe they do. Well, maybe they don't. They've also contributed to the California Pro-Business Political Action Committee. It's called Californians for Jobs and a Strong Economy, and they help elect Democrats. And they gave them $80,000 in 2017. Be careful what you call for. Might not make a smart move. Okay. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit about what Tiger Woods had to say about playing golf with President Trump and uh, how ESPN cannot get out of its own way when it comes to politics. They cannot stop talking politics. So... We will touch on that in a little bit. Uh, phone number here is one 1-800-834-1530. What do you think of this idea by Gavin Newsom, floating it this week? We need to have universal health care for absolutely everyone. Free health care. He doesn't know how he's going to pay for it, but it means taxpayers will have to pay for it. So if you, are a, if you have a job and you pay taxes, are you okay with paying for everybody else's health care? Everybody else's health care. It's going to balloon the budget to beyond $400 billion. More than what it is now. So there's another element to this that's worth considering. We would almost certainly be facing a healthcare refugee crisis. Just now think about this for one second. Take off your political hat and put on your, as they used to say to me in elementary school, put on your thinking cap and just think this through. Let's say that there is An illegal, an immigrant who, someone who wants to come to this country, not legally, from Canada or Europe or, I mean, you name the country. And they get in. Let's say they're sick and they want health care. Where are they going to go? When illegal immigrants find out that they can get free health care in California... Take one guess where they're going to go. They're going to come here to California. And that's going to lead to a health care refugee crisis. You know it. If, if, if they're not here legally and they're living in another state, in the United States of America, they're already in the country, where are they going to go to get their free health care? Wherever it's offered. Wherever it's offered. And among those who says this is bordering on madness, this proposal by Gavin Newsom, is newt gingrich and he said this to fox news in response to it this week this guy
6: now wants to do for all of california what he's done for san francisco and it combines with what senator feinstein did in the senate she introduced a bill that is essentially an open
1: borders bill now he basically comes along and says i'd like to make sure that if you get across the border you'll get free health care You know, if if the Gavin Newsom model
0: works, you realize all around the planet how many people who have a disease
4: are going to say, you know, I just got to get to California for my free health care. This is close to
1: madness. He's absolutely right. This is borderline madness. This is so extreme. This is so radical. Not only proposing universal health care, which has been discussed in this country, but has never really been fully vetted because we still don't know how to pay just for universal health care for those who are here legally. He is tacking onto that. We're gonna do it for everybody, even those who are here illegally. And he doesn't know how he's gonna pay for it. It's I don't know. I, I I just I don't know where this is going. But this 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 feel-good brand of politics where everybody gets everything free college free you got to pay for this stuff nothing's free and then when we push and we say okay how will you pay for it and all they will say is well the transition's going to be tough what does that mean really i mean that's the answer we get i don't know folks i i don't know the polling is is pretty clear right now but Gavin Newsom has about a 20% lead in the latest poll that came out over John Cox. 20% is a significant number. That's a lot to overcome. And, and, may, and maybe this will work. Maybe Californians want this. Maybe this is what people here want. They want to go really, really left. Because this is about as radical a proposal as we have heard in the, in the United States of America from any candidate on any level. United States Senate, Congress, governors, everything and maybe it's okay. Maybe this state is destined for that. What do you think? 916-921-1530 800 834 1530 Okay, we're going to move on to uh, the next topic. I I don't know if you've been following Tiger Woods. He's made a comeback and uh what boy what Tiger Woods has done in the last year is nothing short of miraculous. There was a time uh, he gave an interview uh, not too long ago where he said there was a time uh, within the last 18 to 24 months where he could not get out of bed without severe pain. Severe pain. I mean, he wasn't even thinking about swinging a golf club ever again. He was wondering if he would walk. His back is, is, is in bad shape. He's had a number of, of uh, surgeries on his back. So his return to golf and, and the fact that he's competitive, he's actually in some tournaments and he is threatening to win some now, is really a, a fascinating sports story in and of itself. Uh, but, of course, since he is Tiger Woods, anybody and everybody who plays golf would love to play golf with Tiger Woods, including Donald Trump, who builds golf courses, who loves golf. And he wanted to play with Tiger. And they did. They played, they played golf with each other. And uh, Tiger Woods was asked about this. When he was playing in the final round of the Northern Trust, that was last weekend's tournament. They have a new tournament this weekend. And he, w- he was asked about it on Sunday about his relationship with President Trump. And, uh, you know, he basically said, Look, I, I have a uh, respect for the, the office. So I'll tell you what, uh, let's try to squeeze in that quick soundbite right now. And then I want to get back on the other side with you. So let's go ahead and try to get that in.
7: Well, he's, our, he's the president of the United States, and you have to respect the, the, the
3: office. And no matter who's in the office, um, you may like, dislike, the um, personality, or the, the politics, uh, but we all must respect the office.
1: What do you think of that? Do you like that answer? Did that make sense to you? Boy, did he get lambasted for that on ESPN. And we're going to play more of that sound for you on the other side of the break. What they said about Tiger Woods and his response. And guess who Tiger Woods also played golf with? Who also at once upon a time was the President of the United States. Which, by the way, didn't come up in the ESPN criticism at all. Okay, we got to take a quick break. My name is Sam Shane, phone number 916-921-1530, 1-800-834-1530. This is Weekend Live. Back in a moment.
0: Stay connected. News and analysis. KFBK Weekend Live. News Radio, KFBK.
1: More on the ESPN hosts who are outraged that Tiger Woods says we should respect the office of the President of the United States because he played golf with President Trump. We're going to get to that in a moment. By the way, uh, there's evidence that Tiger Woods does not pick sides politically on who he plays golf with. We'll get to that in just a moment. But in the meantime, I want to get to the phones. Uh, Phone number here is 916-921-1530, 1-800-834-1530. My name is Sam Shane. This program is called Weekend Live here on KFBK. We're here every Saturday from 5 to 7. We take a look back at the big stories of the week, and we look at some of the big items that are going on today and maybe next week, and give you a perspective maybe you didn't get on your local newscast, your network newscast. Maybe you hear some sound bites that they didn't play that we will play. Uh, we want to give you maybe a, a little bit different version of what's out there in the world of news and information. Let's go to Ted. He's on the phone right now from Sacramento. Hi, Ted. How are you?
5: I'm doing fine. How are you doing today?
1: I'm not doing so bad myself. What's on your mind?
5: Oh, uh, you know, uh... Kevin Nixon and his health care proposal. I can't believe that we have people in office that are so stupid and irresponsible with the taxpayers' money and think that they can just bleed everybody dry.
1: Right, right. And I think, you know what, Ted? I think they're getting nervous over there under the big dome. Uh, this, uh, this tax that they rammed on our throat, the $0.12 cent a gallon gas tax that is going to be on the November ballot, by the way, for voters to repeal that number one, they ran as fast as they possibly could away from this idea to tax drinking water because they know that the voters are fed up with the taxes.
5: Well, you know, I mean, you have to be realistic. I mean, as it is, we have so many hungry people in this country, Mm -hmm. and we're focused on everything but this country in reality. And then when you have somebody in office that's actually focused on this country and dealing with the people Better in this country then oh my god he's such a horrible person and he has no care for the rest of the world all he's worried about is himself and everybody else around him you know we have to realize that as Americans we have to pull together but that doesn't mean that we pull together and take care of the rest of the
1: world yeah i I understand what you're saying and the response to him has been visceral i like I said earlier in this in this newscast the obsession with Donald Trump has just amazed me i I've never seen anything like it, Ted. Thanks a lot for the phone call. Appreciate the, uh, the phone call on this Saturday evening. It's uh, 6.09, and uh, Ed from Elk Grove calls in, and he joins us. Hi, Ed. How are you?
7: Uh, I'm doing fine. Thanks for having me here. Uh, I'm, listening for, I'm listening to you. This is great. Now, this whole thing about the health care debate is ridiculous. This guy is Gab Newsom. I, the only way a person is idiotic with these ideas could get elected is in a place like California where we're at 49 in education. You've got the highest number of people who are on assistance in the country mm-hmm. by percentage and by pure numbers. Over 7 million people receiving assistance. I mean, this this is a perpetual state of, of decay. I mean, we right. can't continue to support no. it. But it, what do you think we're going to do? He's essentially saying the middle class is now going to be minimum wage workers if you try to implement something like this. It would literally take 55 to 70% of everybody's income.
1: Look, uh, Ed, you're absolutely. This is a fiscal disaster. And, and, and I look, I'm, I'm, I'm of the opinion here is that it is absolutely irresponsible for someone like Gavin Newsom to come out and make such a proposal without explaining to any of us how he would pay for it. And it's also inexcusable if the reporters and the journalists in this state do not force him to answer that specific question. Look, Mr. Newsom. you right. tell us exactly, specifically how you're going to pay for a four hundred billion dollar universal health care plan for everyone, including illegal immigrants. Tell us.
7: It's literally it's literally four four plus times the size of the current state budget. Yeah, a whole budget. There's but, no way it can be done. What pie in the sky? Ridiculous. Mania. It's, I mean, it, it,
1: yeah. It's it, and it's more this it's more this feel good policy where everybody should get everything and it's all quote unquote free and it's just it's 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 disingenuous. It's intellectually lazy. And I, you know, they and he knows better. He's got to know better. Gavin Newsom, he's not a dummy, right?
3: Well, no,
7: he's not because he's he knows how to manipulate the the less than the sub one hundred IQ people are being very well manipulated by the Democrat Party these days. They've got them because they they're not thinking for themselves. They're like, oh, good, somebody's going to do something for me, and they realize it's i not doing anything for anybody. They're doing right. everything just to stay in power. I know everything is all about their individual power. The the we're I, I just. Every think if you think about it, every single person that's in med school, every yeah. doctor that can get out, nobody's going to stick around here. No,
1: of course have, not. They, yeah, they're no. All bail. No, look, there's an old there's an old line uh, in uh, in investments, and it says money goes where it's best treated. Okay. Yeah. And if it's not that's treated true. well here in California, if they're going to keep taking more of your money, how much longer are you going to hang in there? How I mean, <laughs> at some point yeah. you just have to you got to fold up like a house of cards and say sorry. It's a beautiful state. And there are wonderful things about the communities in the state of California. And there are great things about it that we all yeah. love so much. But you know what? A lot of folks can't afford it.
7: No, uh, and I'd be one of them. As soon as I got to retire, I would be out of here as uh, quick as possible. Uh, oh, boy. In fact, I probably am anyway. <laughs> and uh, there is, you know, you've know, you heard, that I guess, there was somebody trying to say to restrict the California retirement yeah. from leaving the state of California. Can you imagine that to try to tax us in oh, California well,
1: on your way out the door.
7: The sta- yeah, and so, not let us leave the state. Ed, if you do leave, prom-
1: <laughs> promise me that you'll at least listen to this show wherever you go.
7: I'll go wherever it's on the net. I'll be I'll be popping <laughs> yes, off and listening to it, man. Hey,
1: thanks, thanks a lot. Ed. I appreciate it. All right, let's go to Bill uh from uh north of Sacramento, I'm told. Hi Bill, how are you on a Saturday evening?
3: Oh, I'm doing real good. Actually, I'm getting closer. I'm a truck driver. I'm driving south on the 5. Yes. Um yeah, what I was calling about it was that uh that uh that Andrew Gillum in Florida, the running for governor. Of
1: Florida, yeah, yeah.
3: He's 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 proposing the same thing for Florida, but right. what he's saying the way to pay for it is, for because he knows he can't afford it in Florida, but he wants to join the uh, New York, California, and I think uh, Michigan, all the left-leaning states. Uh huh. That way they could all, you know. Joined together to pay for it all, so
1: we'll all pool our money together for a big fat failing program, as opposed to just having individual failing programs in our state. Is that the idea?
3: Correct. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> well, well, and then if you know, then if they can get Congress and then the White House that they do want to do it nationwide, of course.
1: The numbers, you know, so. the, Bill. The numbers aren't there, and they never have been. Not even I for know, uni- Not even for universal health care for legal residents. And then, oh, and then Newsom takes it. Newsom takes it a step further and says, "Let's do it for everybody, even illegals." I look. I don't know. He, he might be onto something. I mean, maybe this guy and he, they have polling that indicates that the voters of, of California want to go super left. They want to hear all of these really socialist ideas, and that's we're gonna right. and we're gonna yeah. ba- and we're gonna bash Trump. Maybe maybe that's what 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 they get in their polling. But I I really wonder if he's not making a grave mistake here. If he's taking it too far. Yeah.
3: Well, you know, like your previous caller, he wants to leave when he retires. I left. Before I retired, you know, I left back in 2005. I, I saw the writing on the wall a long time ago.
1: Yeah. All right, Bill. Well, listen, uh, thanks for the call. Be safe out there on the roads. Uh, we're going to try to squeeze one more in here quickly. We'll have uh, Roger in from uh, Fair Oaks before we go to the break. Uh, hi, Roger. How are you?
6: Hey, how you doing, Sam?
1: Doing well. Thank hey. you.
6: I've got just this, the, the most irritating part of this is there's no way that California can possibly foot the pill on on this proposal that Gavin Newsom's. made. Of making. course not. And, and the insanity of it all is, is that he's proposing that you, me, and the rest of the Californian voters, Democrats, Republicans, and whatevers, here's the bottom line. Gavin Newsom himself and all the other people involved in politics in this state are not going to be held to the same standard. Now, that's just criminal to top it all off.
5: Well,
1: now. they, they so. already have their own nice, cushy health care program. That you know, they don't have to deal with what you and I have to deal with out there in the private sector Sam, getting health care.
6: Out. Hope you address that.
1: Okay, Roger. I'm afraid that you are breaking up. We lost your line, but thanks a lot for the phone call, Roger. Time now is uh, six fifteen. Phone number is nine one six nine two one fifteen thirty 1530 This is a weekend live on the other side. We are going to hear from the ESPN host. They dive right back into the middle of politics and said it's wrong for Tiger Woods to say that we should respect the President of the United States. We're back in a moment. Stay connected.
0: News and analysis. KFBK
1: Weekend Live.
0: News Radio KFBK.
1: One of the big stories making headlines... In Northern California this past week, UC Davis researchers say that climate change could make Sacramento more like Phoenix. You buy that? We're going to hear both sides, both sides of that discussion, which in far too many news outlets, you don't hear both sides. We'll take a stab at that. My name is Sam Shane. This is Weekend Live on KFBK. The phone number is 916-921-1530, 1-800-834-1530. Okay, let's pick up on these ESPN hosts. They were responding to an answer that Tiger Woods gave following a golf tournament. Someone asked him about playing golf with Donald Trump. By the way, I'm going to tell you about the president that, the ex-president that Tiger Woods played golf with, but nobody asked him about that. That was okay. Um, and what Tiger Woods said essentially was, we need to respect the office of the President of the United States. He's the President. I'm not going to play political favorites here. He's the President of the United States, and he wants to play golf with me. I'm honored that the President, any President wants to play golf with me, essentially is what Tiger Woods said. He, though I, I'm, I'm putting words in his mouth, okay? But essentially, if you boil it down, he just said we need to respect the office of the President of the United States. That said... Two ESPN hosts. The first guy you're about to hear is a guy named Max Kellerman, and he's having this exchange with Stephen Smith. You've probably heard Stephen Smith. He's all over the place. That's exposure there. Stephen Smith gets a lot of exposure. So these two wasted no time bashing Tiger Woods for saying that we should respect the office of the president. Now here's their exchange on ESPN. We must respect the office. Therefore, that confers
4: respect to the occupant. Tiger, is that what you're saying? If that's what you're saying, that is a stupid
1: comment. I don't be, but I, I don't even know if he f- believes that that's what he's well, saying. First of all, we don't know what Tiger Woods believe. He's Camblin Nation. He's not black. When he got arrested, he was black. There it was. Did you hear it? It was just played. The race card. Stephen Smith playing the race card. Donald Trump's white. By the way, Stephen Smith may not have known this when he made that statement. Tiger Woods played golf with Barack Obama on two occasions, January 2018 and February 2013. Nobody asked him about that. So ESPN, for some reasons, they have hosts there that think that we want to hear what their their politics might be. What they think is important in the political world. When in reality, we are tuning in ESPN to watch sports and highlights and live events and interesting interviews and stories about athletes. This is not the first time that ESPN has been caught in the middle of a political opinion offered by liberal hosts and anchors. And they're paying a price, by the way. Their ratings have been dropping like crazy. For instance, they started this new morning show, and it's been struggling. It's called Get Up. It was in trouble before it even debuted because the Hollywood Reporter had a headline that ESPN plans to wake up woke with new morning show, implying the show would be dabbling in politics. Well, one of the co-hosts, Michelle Beadle, is an outspoken feminist, and she was recently reassigned. Their ratings have been horrible. And that's not all. Last year, ESPN star Jamil Hill called President Trump a white supremacist on Twitter. She eventually reassigned. This was September 2017. I'll, I'll read you the direct quote in the tweet. Donald Trump is a white racist who's surrounded himself with other white supremacists. She called Trump a bigot, an unqualified and unfit to be president. And she went on to say, if he were not white, he would never have been elected. This is ESPN. And then they wonder why people tune it out. I mean, we're seeing it so, it's just pervasive. I was thinking on the drive-in today. You know, whether it's the Aretha Franklin funeral, the John McCain funeral, it's ESPN. It's just, it's almost everywhere. We turn on an NFL football game. I mean, it's like we can't escape it. You turn on late night television. You know? And uh, Colbert and Jimmy Kimmel and you're like really guys can, can just give us a break just for maybe a week wouldn't that be nice maybe they could just uh, everybody have a truce <laughs> and we'll we'll just we'll just ignore everything Trump for a week and see how America responds heck what do i know maybe maybe that's what america wants who knows okay let's uh let's dive into the world of Extreme heat and the predictions of climate change, which I think once upon a time was called global warming, and now it's climate change, and I'm not sure what the next topic will be. But it was making headlines this past week in Sacramento. UC Davis researchers issued a dire prediction on Monday for California that the Golden State will experience more wildfires and more extreme heat in the decades ahead, because of climate change. Phone number here is 916 921 1530, 1 834 1530. This report was called California's Changing Climate 2018. And one of the authors, a UC Davis professor named Ben Holton, he authored the Sacramento Valley Regional Report. And he projected that California's capital could one day resemble. Phoenix. So that's where we want to pick up with our next audio clip. This is UC Davis professor Ben Holton with his dire prediction for Sacramento Valley weather in the coming years with extreme changes ahead, he says.
4: We're going to be experiencing uh, atmospheric whiplash events that push us from drought to flood to drought to flood.
1: Drought to flood to drought to flood. So that's what his prediction is going to be in the coming years. We're going to see Temperatures go up. I mean, it's like, you know, 100 plus degrees in Phoenix almost all summer. And he says Sacramento could get there. But in addition to that, he says, well, look, look in, in the next 50 years, he says, we're anticipating that we will move to 40 days per year of extreme heat conditions. That's 40 days above 104 degrees, just like Phoenix. Not everyone's buying this, Okay. And this was a report that was filed by a, by a colleague of mine for many, many years at KCR3, Mike Lurie, who, by the way, is just a fantastic reporter. And the one thing that I want to point out about this report that he did on this topic is that he got both sides. And this is a topic that far too often, by far too many news outlets, only reports one side. There is a body of disagreement out there about climate change, and it's very real. And there are a number of people who have studied climates and studied the weather patterns their entire careers who don't buy into it. And I'll talk about the local media source that didn't even have the other side. They, they just did they, they, one side on this whole story. But I'll get to that in a little bit. Critics of climate change are skeptical of this doom and gloom prediction. Here now is Anthony Watts. Now, Anthony Watts is a former TV meteorologist. And he is a climate change critic. Most all of this is based on model forecasting, projections into the future. And the problem is is that over the last 30 years, some of the projections really haven't lived up to the original expectation. They haven't lived up to the expectation. In other words, these wild predictions that were made and have been made by none other than Al Gore with his movies. And we've seen them dating back Decades. They're not coming true. And so there are now a number of people in the science community who are saying, okay, why is that? What's going on here? Are we seeing warmer temperatures? And if we are, okay, maybe there is climate change. Is it man caused? Is it man made? Does it have anything to do with emissions? I mean, there's a whole bunch of really great topics and discussion to be had on this front. But so much of the reporting. Ignores the entire body of discussion. So we have more on this that I want to talk about on the on the other side of the break. Um, but I will tell you this because as I said, I thought Mike Lurie did a great job on this piece because he got both sides, and we're gonna play two more sound bites from each side on two different topics with regards to climate change. But I opened up the Sacramento Bee the next day and I read read the article. And the entire article, and it was a long one, only had one side of this discussion. They, they went to this, this climate conference that was held in Sacramento and talked to all of these people who support the theory that climate change is man-made and it's real and it's going to cause a whole, all these problems. And they didn't get the other side. They told us one side of the story, and that's not reporting. At least it's not good reporting. And they should do better for all of us. I'm Sam Shane. This is KFBK, the phone number 916-921-1530. We're back in a moment.
0: KFBK Weekend Live: News and Analysis. On News Radio, KFBK.
1: 916-921-1530. 1-800-834-1530. My name is Sam Shane. The program is Weekend Live. We're here for about another 25 minutes. We're here from 5 to 7 every Saturday evening live on KFBK, taking a look at the week's big stories and what's going on today. We appreciate you joining us. If you missed part of the program, you can certainly go to our website. We're going to post it on our podcast section. So you go to kfbk.com, you click on the podcast tab up at the top, and you can hear it all, or if you want to go back and listen to it again. I mean, why not? You know? I mean, I think it's, like, better the second. It's kind of like lasagna, leftover lasagna. <laughs> Let's go to the phones. Nancy from Sacramento joins us, 634 is the time. Hi, Nancy. How are you?
2: Good, good.
1: What are your uh, thoughts I'm tonight?
2: Well, my thoughts are, you know, there's another aspect to this medical care for everybody. It's the doctors and nurses. I've been in the medical profession for numerous years. I'm retired now. And they're already overworked. And um, I don't think they're going to stick around if they have everybody coming to see them.
1: Nancy, I I couldn't agree with you more. And I, I have friends who work in the medical profession, doctors and nurses, and they've said the same thing to me. Rather privately, I might add. It's not something that they like to broadcast, but uh, they're they're very concerned about the quality of care that's being provided because they're being inundated. As you said, they're overwhelmed.
2: And there's diseases. There's diseases coming in from all over the world, and then these diseases get spread, and the diseases that we've already been cured here— like I had polio when I was uh, 13, now they'll all be back. TB was something that when I was young was very prevalent, and that, that'll be back. And oh, Nancy, past, ab- look,
1: absolutely. Look, from from a public health standpoint alone, this is an absolutely disastrous proposal. How are you going to, if you're going to open your borders up and make it m- more porous to get into California and then provide free health care to people you don't know, and you're not even sure if they're legal or not, how in the world can you possibly control that system from a public health standpoint? It's impossible.
2: Yeah, you're correct. There is another comment on uh, climate uh, control. I've lived in California my whole life, and I'm 78 years old. Um, This is the coolest August I've ever had. (laughs) <laughs> I ever can remember. This is the coolest August. It's well, been wonderful.
1: Yeah, I and, know. I um, but we we've, we've had a few that have been really scorchers though.
2: <laughs> you know, in the back, yeah, but not it's not getting worse. It's not really getting worse. Um we've had winters are colder, they're longer. Yeah. Uh, the summers are shorter. And um when I was in young in the fifties, um I was a teenager, late fifties, I don't want to tell you how old I am. I guess I already did. Yeah, you did. Anyway, um uh you know, it was hot. Yeah, I it was hot. I, I mean, know it. it was nice. Well, Nancy,
1: let's let's just hope that the fall continues to be cool and enjoyable. Thanks very much for the phone call. I do appreciate. It. I love the fall. Oh man, September, October, does it get much better than that? Joshua from Rancho Cordova joins us. Hi, Joshua. How are you?
3: Hey, I'm doing all right. I was just uh, commenting on the <laughs> global warming individuals. Yes, and the and the archaeologists. You know, they, they believe there's been, I think, approximately five ice ages, is according to the, the scientific, uh, what they come up with.
1: Okay, is that the number? Yeah. I didn't know what the number was, but I do know that in 1974, yeah. on the cover of Time magazine, they did a whole piece on the impending ice uh, age that was headed our way. Oh, 19... well, yeah. So that was
3: 74. Yeah, 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 but there's been five of them over the millions of years of. Right. Of archaeological, they've come through. I'm just trying to get it to the. So why do why? I mean, what if you think logically? Think about it. In between one ice age, what happens? It warms up. hmm. In, in between, and then that gets to a top degrees, and then it starts to cool down. And
1: well, so yeah, you, yeah. I, and Joshua, look, you're you're bringing up points that I think need to be brought up more often when this story is reported, because it's not. And it's ridiculous that we see so many of these reporters in this packed journalism mentality jump on some bandwagon and then all of a sudden if you say, you know, there's a whole bunch of people out there who are pretty smart who are asking cause and effect questions, some very basic scientific questions, and they're labeled as Neanderthals. I mean, it's crazy. I mean there's there you know, it they gotta tell both sides of the story, Joshua.
3: I agree I agree with that. I'm just saying, well, why do they believe that, you know, humans only been on the last thing, they haven't had an ice age. Humans only been on the last, since the last five. Why do they believe that because humans have come on, that uh, anything has changed?
1: Right, no, I, no and, and look, there are lots of questions in all areas of science that don't have a definitive answer, and that's okay. That's what the debate is about. That's what the research is about. But But let's not just shut down one point of view because we think, oh, uh, that's old school. We you know we we thought that maybe 40 years ago, but not anymore. So Well, hey, you have a wonderful day. Thanks a lot, Joshua. Appreciate it. Let's go to Brian in Orangevale. Hi, Brian. How are you?
3: Doing very well, Sam. Thank
8: you for your weekend live show. And I got to start by telling you, I appreciate your connection to the community and your journalistic integrity wanting to examine both sides of the story.
1: Thank you. Yeah, no, it's important. And, and you know what, As Brian, it's not going on – It's it's – it 's not even close to being where it should be, and i 'm not just talking about the networks right i, I it 's not going on in the local level it, and, then, and, and, it, and it but. needs to get better and somebody needs to you know just do a better job of telling both sides when I was in that game. I assure you, and the people that I work with will probably repeat this. Yeah. Uh, not probably, they will. I, you know, I was one of those guys with the fist on the table saying, you've got to get both sides. You've yeah. got to tell both sides and let the viewer or the reader figure it out.
8: It, yeah, and, and, and you know the old phrase, fair and balanced. One of the things that concerns me about Lieutenant Gov Newsom is his famous speech, what's it been, 10 years ago, it's going to happen whether you like it or not. He was referring to something else, but he's pushing his agenda through, and there's people that, that deal with feel-goodism, versus realism.
1: Well, and look, that's what he's doing, and that's what this guy is about, and it's fine if he wants to push his agenda, because John Cox is going to push his agenda, and I expect that from political leaders, but don't come out here and tell tell us that you can provide health care for everybody, and you don't know how to pay for it.
8: Well, the, 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 the economics of it simply don't pan of out. Of course not. But But again, people aren't looking at that, and as far as the climate goes, uh, you know, Guatemala or Nicaragua just had a uh, volcano go off. We've got uh, the big island of Hawaii, volcano go off. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the late 1800s, uh, uh, in Indonesia, volcano went off, and, and for six months, uh, that dust was in the air and settling on Western Europe. A few years ago, we had volcano go off uh, in Iceland and affected air traffic over Europe for
1: two years. I remember years. that, yep.
8: So what has mankind got to do with any of those things? Those are naturally occurring right. events.
1: Yes, they are. And that's part, of the, that's part of the discussion that too often is left out, number one. Number two, and I said this when, when, when our Governor Brown talked about the fact that these wildfires were the product of climate change oh, and had no. nothing to do with thinning the forest. He never even brought up thinning the forest. And I said at the time, that's an intellectually lazy argument. It is. It, it, it it's far more complicated as to why these forests are burning, number one. And it's also intellectually lazy to suggest that there's just one answer to what is, quote-unquote, climate change. I mean, there, there is, it, that's a big, broad subject.
8: Well, with people's shorter attention span, it makes a good sound bite, and they don't even consider other possibilities. Right. So thank you for what you're doing, and, and I hope more people here and more people
5: consider the, the bigger picture. Thanks
1: a lot, Brian. Appreciate your call. Nice to hear from you on a Saturday. Let's go to Glenn in Yuba City. Hi, Glenn. How are you this evening?
5: I'm just fine, dude. Thanks for taking my call.
1: My pleasure. What's on uh, your mind?
5: I got one simple comment. If this nitwit makes governor, he will take care of the housing shortage because everybody will be moving.
1: Oh, I'll tell you what. He's up 20% in the po- in the last poll over John Cox. That's a big lead.
5: Well,
1: <laughs> well it's then I mean that's,
5: Cali- that's the number in California that would vote for this guy.
1: They well, need to stay I, here. I I don't know. I mean, I like I said a little bit earlier, Glenn, in the program, maybe they have some internal polling that shows that voters want this kind of stuff, this kind of socialism. I, I'm, not, I'm not convinced when I hear what people, you know, when people call into this show or I'm out, you know, just doing my thing in my life, this doesn't seem to me is an issue that, that, that's going to resonate with voters, that you're going to say to them, you're going to have to pay for everybody else's health care if they're legal or illegal, if you pay taxes. By the way, if you pay, your tax bill's going way up because this program is massive. And may, maybe he thinks that voters will vote for that. I'm not so sure he may be overplaying this card, Glenn. I don't know. Do you think, do you think he's overstepped his bounds at all?
5: Well, I know one thing. I, there's enough money coming out of my wallet for the
6: taxes on the state.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. We are one of the highest taxed states in the country and they just uh, rammed a 12 cent a gallon gas tax down our throat which by the way if you go to the polls in November you can repeal and the polling shows that it will go it will go down in flames so, I hope so. we'll see we'll see i don't know man all right, thanks a lot for the call. That's Glenn from U.S. City. It's uh, 644. Uh, I want to get to these uh, last two audio clips, but we have to take a, a break. But we're going to pick up again on the climate change theme. From both sides, we're going to hear from the researcher who just released a new study and uh, someone who's been researching this topic for a long time, a former meteorologist, who says he just doesn't buy the theory at all. Uh, phone number is 916-921-1530, one 834 I'm Sam Shane. This is Weekend Live. We're back in a moment.
0: KFBK Weekend Live. News and analysis. On News Radio, KFBK.
1: Welcome back for the final segment of Weekend Live. My name is Sam Shane. This is KFBK. Thanks for joining us. The phone number is 916-921-1530. 834 1530 want to round out the climate change story that hit the headlines this past week on a Monday. A report issued by UC Davis researchers that indicated that uh, the climate change would be significant and that Sacramento over the next 40 years might turn in more like Phoenix than Sacramento. It'll be hotter. There will be more rain as a result of climate change, according to their study. However, not everyone agrees. So I want to play the last two audio clips from this segment. UC Davis researcher Ben Holton, he'll be first, he'll kick it off here predicting record heat in the Sacramento Valley in coming years.
4: So our climate is going to be resembling that of Phoenix's climate today in the coming decades.
1: Okay, on the other side of that, this is climate change critic. Again, a guy named Anthony Watts. He's a former TV meteorologist. And he says what you just heard, he says that's not going to happen. That's a different situation altogether. It still gets ocean breezes through the Delta. I don't buy that at all. Doesn't buy it at all not going to happen then governor jerry brown tweeted governor jerry brown a firm believer in climate change you know he's traveled the globe telling people about his theory on climate change he took to twitter on monday after this report was released quote in california facts and science still matter These findings are profoundly serious and will continue to guide us as we confront the apocalyptic threat of irreversible climate change. Anthony Watts, the former meteorologist you just heard, said he doesn't buy into any of this. So, there you have it. Two sides to that story, and in far too many cases, not reported by far too many media outlets. Again... Uh, my congratulations to Mike Lurie over at CBS or at uh, KCRA three for putting together a well-rounded report, both sides of that issue. Uh, Steve from Grass Valley is on the line on a Saturday evening. Hi, Steve. How are you?
6: Good afternoon. I'm doing good so far.
1: Good. Good. Um, What's on your mind?
6: It brought to mind I was telling the screener about an article I read many years ago in a magazine, Acres USA. And it was about. It was called the carbon cycle, mm-hmm. and the, the scientist was talking about it about as far as a natural cycle that the Earth goes through. Volcanoes and eruptions release a lot of CO two in the air. That over a period of time, when there's enough of them, in past history, the Earth was a lot more volcanic than it is at this time. Right. But so it releases the carbon in the air, and it warms the atmosphere up. But in the process, of that also it releases carbon dioxide, which the plants like.
9: Right. Right.
6: So, that re- increased carbon in the atmosphere allows for the plants to uh, propagate and release air, oxygen in the air, and absorb the uh, carbon in their cycles.
1: Right. So, nature rebalancing itself, which is yes, what. I
6: think it's a natural process. I think right. you know, the issue that we have is that we've released synthetic hydrocarbons in the atmosphere, which changed it some. And also, where deforestation is a problem on the earth. Whole. Well,
1: right. look, Look, Steve. I think there's a lot of debate to be had about how it is that we control our environments overall in terms of what emissions we're spewing and how we're handling and managing our forests and all of that. But it seems to me that in this discussion, because we become so entrenched in one particular point of view and thinking, is that we have not broadly enough considered what nature has been doing on this planet for ever. okay? That's beyond our control. I mean... Is climate change really man-made? Is it? I mean, does anybody well, definitively know that? I mean, no, they might tell you they well, do.
6: Well, no time in, in past history has man released the hydro the carbon in the atmosphere through uh, Corre-
1: fossil correct, and coal. I, and agree, I, ag- I agree with you, but you also understand...
6: Fire, forest fires and yeah, things like that.
1: Right, but you also understand, Steve, that those are two separate discussions. Now, forest yep. fires may be caused by the fact that forests aren't managed properly. There's a there's a school of thought out there that says that's the case. Right. In terms maybe of in terms maybe of maybe whether whether, whether man man-made well. man-caused emissions are actually heating the globe or cooling the globe, there's there's a whole school of thought out there that, that uh, critics will say no, I, they don't buy into it. They've been studying it for their whole lives. So mm-hmm. I, I'm just saying that. It, it's it's again it's intellectually lazy to see this packed journalism all follow one school of thought without putting in both sides or all sides of a story. Mm-hmm. So
3: I think the Earth
6: is a big picture and we're looking at it through a little pinhole.
1: <laughs> that's yeah. uh, that's quite profound. Yes, Steve, yeah. thank you very much for the phone call on this evening. Uh, time now is six fifty three. Phone numbers nine one six nine two one fifteen thirty 1530 Uh, Let's see, a couple of things that I want to get to here. Um, Just 25% of Democrats want to abolish immigration and customs enforcement. That would be ICE, okay? Just 25%, and this is not from some out there poll. Associated Press, NORC Center for Public Affairs Research poll. 25% of Democrats support the idea. That's it. Of getting rid of ICE. So when you hear a number of leading candidates from the Democrat Party saying we need to get rid of ICE. There's a congresswoman in New York who's suggesting it. There's New York Senator Kirsten Gillibrand. She's called for eliminating ICE. They are not in lockstep even with the membership of their party. Not even with their base. They're radical according to this poll. And California Senator Kamala Harris has said that the agency needs to be overhauled, not abolished. Now, I don't know what that means. That's another declaration without any specifics attached to it. So I came across this as I was gathering for the show and I thought, I'll just throw this in because I don't know if you heard this one. There's a bride, a former bride out there, who has canceled her wedding and then broke up with her fiancé because her friends and family would not give them $60,000 for their wedding. (laughs) This is really a gem. A woman's long-winded tirade blaming her friends and family for canceling her dream $60,000 wedding has now gone viral on social media. On Facebook, she posted, and I quote, it comes with great sadness that I am announcing the cancellation of the, ooh, used a bad word, wedding. I apologize for canceling just four days beforehand. The bride has been identified as Susan. So you will just love what Susan and her fiancé thought would be a good idea. Much to the bride's dismay, She and her fiancé quickly discovered that people were not willing to pay $1,500 to attend their wedding. She asked her friends and family to each kick in $1,500 just to come to the wedding. (laughs) Only eight people replied. So her fiancé says, you know, this is really not a good idea. We should just go to Vegas and get married. She gets mad. She gets mad at him to say, let's go to let's elope and go to Vegas. So he leaves and doesn't apologize. She gets mad. They break up and then they they cancel the wedding and break up. Is the, the end of that story. Because she wanted her friends and family to pay for their wedding. <laughs> 60 grand. I guess you know who your friends are when they won't pay for a $60,000 wedding. Uh, This past week, also, I noticed pulling a number of items together. Uh, Earlier in the week, President Trump uh, made a really big deal about Google and social media platforms. And he has been accusing not only Google, but a, a number of other social media platforms of rigging search results in favor of bad coverage. He he said that the deck is skewed. He says that in a tweet that Google's search engine has rigged news story searches results and show mostly the bad stories about him and other conservatives. So he is uh, clearly making that uh, a key issue and did so on this week. So it's been another busy week in the news, and uh, no doubt it will be another busy week straight ahead because it seems these days they almost always are. Uh, The time now is coming up on 658, which means it's time for us to check out for this Saturday evening. We want to thank you for joining us. It's been our pleasure. Uh, We are here every Saturday evening from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. here on Weekend Live, and we would love for you to join us. And if you want to go back and listen to the program and hear another portion of it or hear all of it again, you can go to kfbk.com. And on the top, there is a tab that says Podcast. You click on that, and you head to Weekend Live, and you can hear it all one more time. Thanks for joining us. Have a great week. I'm Sam Shane. We'll talk with you later.